0: It was in Manchester, but we've now relocated ourselves here to be part of you uh, and this church in Sheffield, which we're loving. Uh, A bit frustrating on the house. We haven't been able to sell our house, and we've made a decision, actually, to take it off the market and to keep the house in Manchester, which is right by the airport, to keep that as our kind of drop-off point for the airport, so when we travel, we'll have a night there. When we come back, we'll have a night there. But we are really looking for God to open up somewhere for us to live. Uh, the majority of our time in the UK, uh, in Sheffield, around this area, and uh, it may well be that you know somewhere. We're looking for something. Uh, we're not looking to buy something now. We're looking for, to rent something, and a, kind of like a place where we can uh, be for a few days and then not be for. A, for a month, <laughs> be for a few days and then not be for a month and uh, um, we've looked at one or two places, one or two settings. You might know of a granny annex or a flat or something that's relatively small but big enough for us to entertain, big enough for us to have people back and people round. You may know something or you may have something so don't feel um, you can't talk to us. One or two of you have already approached us and said we've got a neighbour or we've got a house and uh, please talk to us. We're just looking to find the right place for us to uh, be part of you here. Uh, Ideally for us as close as we can into this building but uh, we're open to whatever God wants. At the moment, we're commuting, and we're fine with that. It is only an hour. It was literally an hour door-to-door this morning, so that's not too bad. It used to take me half an hour to get to Manchester, and sometimes an hour with the traffic, so it's not that difficult. So Thank you for receiving us, and uh, I want to speak out of a prophecy. I don't normally do this. Normally, I'll speak out of a passage of the Bible, but if you can bear with me, uh, I'm going to speak out of a prophecy that I thought actually God gave me about Here. In this very building, I was praying for a friend and praying for someone, and uh, just I literally laid my hands on them, and I felt God spoke one word. And often I don't hear God quite like that, but it was quite unusual for me. God spoke one word to me, and this was the word, spring. I thought, that's a good word, but what does it mean? So I said, Lord, what does it mean? Does it mean a season of spring? Does it mean a coiled spring? Like a metal spring of you know coiled spring? Or does it mean a spring of water? I thought this is very clever, I could could be any of those Lord. Which one which one of those does it mean? And God said yes. But no, that's not quite the question I asked. It's like Joshua before Jericho when he says to the Theophany, the appearance of Jesus, and you know, are you for us or are you for our, your are you for us or are you for our enemies? And the angel says, or the captain of the Lord's host says no. No, that's not the right answer to the question. God said, yes, I believe it is springtime. Yes, there is a new springing up of the coiled spring. And yes, there is a new bubbling spring that's happening. And as I prayed for my friend, that that was relevant. And as I thought about that and meditated that and been on holiday and thought about things, I felt God say, this is for Sheffield specifically. This is for us here in City Church, So if you don't mind, I'm going to preach out of a prophecy. If you don't mind, I'm hopefully going to refer to some passages from God's word and make it relevant to us, and then we're going to be responding to God together as we experience his Holy Spirit together. So the first one is this sense of a season of spring. I had to look this up on the internet because I'm not that uh, bright, but apparently... The, the astrological, as opposed to the meteorological, and that's easy for you to say. <laughs> the astrological, in other words, the, the way the planets move, the way it w- moves around equinoxes and vernoxes and all those weird oxes and names. And Apparently, spring is the season between the vernal equinox, which is the 20th of March, and the summer solstice, which is the 21st of June. So from an astrological, planet-moving, earth-rotating setting, we're still in spring and we haven't yet moved into summer. That might be good news if you look out of the window. And I felt God say, this is a season of springtime for Sheffield Church. This is a season of springtime for City Church. God says it's the season of spring when new life comes. When things that look dead, plants that look dead, situations that look dead, when things that look like they were under blankets of snow, when things that look like they were under rock hard, things, actually new life springs up, things actually start to happen in spring and things that you thought were dead are actually alive and coming alive and I believe this is a season of new life for us. I was stirred by Song of Solomon, if you look into Song of Solomon chapter 2 verses 10 to 13, this is what it says about this new season of spring that I believe we're entering into a city church my beloved spoke to me and said arise my darling my beautiful one come away with me see the winter is past the rains are over and gone flowers are appearing all over the earth the season of singing has come, the cooing of the doves is heard in our land, the fig tree forms its early fruit, the blossoming vines spread their fragrance, arise, come my darling, my beautiful one, come away with me. And So often God speaks to us through nature, I think the psalmist says, nature, it's a, nature's a sermon, Nature speaks to us of the glory of God. Nature speaks. And often God will speak through natural things. Think of some of the parables that Jesus told. Think of some of the illustrations in the word of God about trees and vines and seeds and fruits. And actually God often does that. In fact, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 46, the spiritual did not come first, but the natural. And after that, the spiritual. So God often uses things like this to speak to us. So I think some of us have been under a blanket of snow. Some of us have been under a duvet of warmth. Some of us have been a little bit inactive this winter. Some of us have been a little bit cozy and comforted and a little bit dialed down. And I feel God is saying, all right, it's a season of spring. Spring up, let's spring coming to action. Let there be new life amongst us. And I believe God wants to prophesy and promise us new life in terms of people being saved literally, new birth. But also, He wants to promise us new life for us. That where our twig, where our tree has looked a little dull, looked a little dead, looked a little inactive, looked a little is it even alive? God says, Yes, it's going to spring up. Life is going to come. I go out walking. Uh, In the mornings, if I can, when I'm around at home, and I walk down our path, down our road, and it's an asphalt kind of road, asphalt path. But actually, I've just noticed recently, just through the asphalt, just through the tarmac, just through that, things are starting to poke through. Plants are starting to come through the the tarmac. You think, how does that work? How does a grass spring through? Because life overcomes death. And you might feel as hard as the road, you might feel as solid as the ice, but God says new life is about to spring up from within you. New things are going to happen. New life, Because it can, winter can just be a bit depressing, can't it? Winter can be a bit harsh and a bit hard. I don't know how many kids are here. Who, who likes the lion, the witch and the wardrobe? Any of you? Yes, yeah, some, some big kids like the lion, the witch and the wardrobe. I'm always impressed by what Mr. Tumnus, well, I'm actually depressed by what Mr. Tumnus says to the kids when he describes the Queen's, the Ice Queen, the White Queen, Ice Queen's reign, and he, he says, it's always winter, but never Christmas. See? Very good. <laughs> Won't comment. <laughs> That's depressing, isn't it? Always winter, but never Christmas. In fact, I, I like winter up to Christmas. <laughs> I quite like November and December, but then when you get January and February, it be... but actually this is a season of spring, this is a season of new life, and God just wants to say to you, you need to spring up into new life. Interesting it says it's the season of singing has come, and one of the things I love about this church, one of the things I love about City Church, is, the, is your worship, is your singing, and uh, even this morning, just hearing the singing reverberate around uh, the building here just sometimes when we're upstairs just hearing it just hearing the singing and I think it's also a season of new songs and I want to encourage you musicians I want to encourage you poets amongst us I want to encourage you those who can write prose those who can uh, who feel stirred in creative arts to stir that for the glory of God whether that's a painting or a drawing, whether it's a song or a psalm, whether it's a piece of poetry or prose. I think God wants to stir some of that amongst us again. I want to stir the songwriters amongst us here. Where are the songwriters amongst... Every move of God, every move of God has new songs attached to it. Now we should always sing old songs, it's good to sing some of the great hymns, sing some of the great songs. But I'm believing God that from Sheffield, from this church, we're going to see new songs being written, new songs being sung, new tunes, maybe to old hymns, maybe new words, maybe new things happening. So I just want to stir you this morning in creative arts, that it's a new day, it's a season of spring, it's new life coming from death. Secondly this sense of a coiled spring. Like kids, you think you know what I'm talking about? Like a metal spring that you can press down and boings back up, like a boing, jack-in-the-box, you know that kind of thing? You know what I'm talking about? Well, I feel that's what some of us have felt like. Some of us, even in this church, have felt like we're coiled springs and have been pushed down. We've literally, under the circumstances, we're literally being pushed down. Whether it's in relationships and difficulties and family life, whether it's in finances or work life or neighbourhood life or just normality of family and just whatever, we just feel that weight has come on us and pressure has come on us. I just feel particularly God wants to underline that for us here this morning, that some of us have just come under this weight. Interesting how Paul talks into that. You think is that the normal Christian life? Shouldn't the normal Christian life be happy and sunny and bright and everything successful? Well, actually, no. If you look into the Bible, the normal Christian life is full of great highs and great lows. It's full of trials and difficulties. And I've just found it fascinating how even as Wendy led us into that and led us out of her own experience this week and difficulties, and then how. Um, Ben picked it up so brilliantly, and actually, the very scripture you used is in my notes here, because this is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians. First of all, in chapter 4, he says this in 2 Corinthians 4 8 to 10. This is the normal Christian life he's describing. We're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted but not abandoned. We're struck down but not destroyed. In fact, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus might be revealed in us too. It's like this death, this, this pushing down, is happening is why? So that resurrection life can come, so that we can spring back up. And then the actual one that Ben read that's in my notes here, 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10. Because of these surpassing great revelations... In order for me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord, take it away from me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And this is what Ben picked up from what Wendy was saying. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power might rest on me. For that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. The Christian life is crazy upside down from what the world would say. Because this is true. When we're under pressure, when things come against us, when difficulties and persecutions and troubles and trials and things come, it's like we're pressed down. But the amazing thing about a spring is, the more you press it down, guess what happens? The more it springs back up. The more it comes back up. In fact, that's the Christian life. The Christian life is one of death and resurrection power. When you feel the most pushed down, when you feel the most weak, actually, Christ's power is able more to work in your life. In fact, that's literally what happened on the cross. At the moment of greatest weakness, it would appear. At the moment of greatest defeat, it would appear. At the moment of greatest humiliation, it would appear. Just when Jesus was crushed and pushed down, actually, he took all our sins to himself and paid for them all. Actually, it wasn't the greatest uh, tragedy. It was the greatest triumph that ever was. And when you feel weak, actually, the power of God is about to be released in you because God empowers weak people God's grace and his goodness and his mercy comes to those who are pushed down comes to the weak comes to those in difficulty and it's almost like the more you're pushed down the more you're going to spring back up and I feel there are many people here even in this church there are many people who are just feeling crushed at the moment just feeling pushed down you know We tend to think that this is all the work of the enemy. Well, actually, as Dave so brilliantly led us this morning, this is about the sovereignty of God. God is good, and God is even good in troubles. That's what Joseph said. You meant it for bad, brothers, (laughs) but God meant it for good. And at Joseph's point of weakness in in the prison when he was just about crushed, actually, he was then just about released. The power of God came to him and released him into the palace and right now there's many of us here who feel pushed down there's many of us here who feel crushed there's many of us here who feel very weak right now just as joseph must have felt very weak in the prison especially when people forgot all about him and god says actually when there's death when there's a crushing when there's a pushing down you are positioned just right for resurrection power to come for the spring to spring back up into life. And God just wants to lift off things from you today. He just wants to lift off weight. He just wants to lift off pressure. He doesn't mean that all your circumstances will change, necessarily. Sometimes they don't. But what's going to change is the joy in your heart. What's going to change is the awareness of the presence of God with you. His resurrection power with you. Because that's what Paul says. He said, we're we're struck down, we're crushed, but we're not perplexed. We're in despair but we're not we're, perple- we're sorry we're we're pressed down but not crushed we're perplexed but not in despair we're persecuted but not abandoned and God wants today just to lift stuff off us just to lift things off you Now what we're going to do it's unusual no, normally in a meeting like this we wait to the end to have any ministry normally a setting like this we wait to the end and we kind of build up and we have the mood music and We do it just right, and we kind of... No, actually, right now, I felt, as I was preparing this, right now, those of us that are feeling a bit crushed, and kids, this might be you as well. Some of you might feel a bit like this. You might feel, it's been tough at school. It's been tough with my friends. I've, I've been tough in the family. It's been tough with my studies. It's been tough. It might be a student here. You're feeling that. It might be... But I just felt God say, pray for them now, and just lift it off them. And let resurrection power come let the spring spring back into life you see the spring has a natural integrity it has a natural identity you can press it down but then it springs back into life and God has given you an identity in Christ and actually he wants that identity in Christ to be seen he wants the spring to spring back into life so if that's you if you feel do you know what I feel under pressure like Wendy and Ben said, this is normal, normality. It's not like, oh my goodness, you're under pressure. You must be a dreadful person. No, you're under pressure. You're a Christian. <laughs> you're living the Christian life in the world and the workplace where we get pressed down. Now God says, spring up. If that's you, why don't you literally stand as a like an expression of I'm springing back up? Why don't you literally stand? As a few of us who are going to stand. That's it. Maybe some kids as well, because this is for, I love what John, how John introduced us. This is not, we don't have the kids in because we couldn't be bothered to run Sunday school or kids work. We have you guys in because we believe you hear from God as much as we do, and you're just as much part of the family of God as your mum and dad and anyone. Now, why don't we just be aware that we're the body of Christ together? And I I might pray, but you know what I would love, in fact, what I would love right now is everyone else, unless you feel uncomfortable about this or if you're a guest or a visitor, you don't feel you have to get involved with this, but everyone else who's sitting down who's a part of this church, why don't you just go and stand with one of your friends who are standing? Why don't you just go go and be with them? We're going to have a little bit more opportunity at the end to uh, pray for everyone to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you just bring your prayers to an end, if you're able to. If you want to carry on praying, I'm really cool with that. I want to bring our attention to this third spring. We've talked about the season of spring and that God's bringing new life to us. We're talking about springing up as individuals, as individual springs, springing up into our true identity, springing with resurrection life, And the last spring that I want to talk to, and then we want to pray for everyone here this morning, is the bubbling spring, a spring of living water, a spring of new water. In fact, Jesus quite often speaks about the life of the Spirit being like a spring, or like a well, or like a new living water. In fact, one of the things I feel God's spoken to me about, Sheffield, one of the reasons that we're here It's not just we like you guys, although we really do, Uh, not just that we feel at home here, although we really do, is that in this very building, when we have some of our prayer days, when we have some of our gatherings as New Frontiers, Christ Central up here, as we've been gathering, I felt God speak to me about this very building, that it's almost like there's an underground stream or an old ancient well under this building. I don't know if there physically is, I mean, I, I hope it probably isn't, because it might give us all sorts of architectural problems, but it's almost like I saw this building having like a well or a stream or a spring under it and it was going to bubble up. into life and it was going to come stream up and spout up into life and this very building God was going to use for revival, God was going to use for his presence, God was going to use for his glory, not because it's about the physical building but this is just the place where the church meets and we come together like this and God was going to fill us and empower us more and more by the Holy Spirit as we do this. Jesus says things like this, John 4, verse 14. Whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will be like a spring of water welling up to eternal life. John 7, 37. If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit. And almost everywhere I go... All the way around the world, we get words about rivers and waters and the spirit moving. In fact, the verse that quite often gets quoted, it it, it happens in almost every meeting I'm in Isaiah 43 18 to 19. In fact, the first time I kind of clocked this scripture in this current season was last autumn. We were here, Anne and I were here serving you and your core group leaders. In fact, it was the, I think the, the day after or the night after we laid hands on Chris for eldership here. We had core group leaders meeting together and uh, Rachel Maiton prophesied and prayed these scriptures out. and It really got a hold of my heart and ever since then, almost everywhere I go in the world, these scriptures are mentioned. It's Isaiah 43, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. I think some of us come from quite a good history. We've had quite good experiences before. We've been at Bible weeks or we've been in settings where we've really known the Spirit's power. And the danger is we look back on previous experiences. We look back on previous encounters and that becomes part of our story. But actually I feel God says here, forget the past. Forget those things. Forget Now we can honour the past and all that. But actually sometimes we we mustn't live in the past. The baptism and the filling of the Holy Spirit is not just an experience we had 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. It's a current address where we live. It's a place of dwelling, of presence, of who we are. We are a people of the Spirit, not I was filled with the Spirit 10 years ago. We're a current people of the Spirit. Paul writes in Ephesians and he says to the people in Ephesus, go on, be being filled, keep being filled currently, now, right now, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And your life might feel like a wasteland sometimes. Your life might feel like a desert. Your life might feel like a very dry, dark, hard, But God's prophetic promise to you is that he's going to, even in the desert, he's going to spring into life. In fact, Isaiah constantly contrasts difficult settings with new settings. He says, see, gross darkness is all over the people, but arise, your light is going to come. See, there's a desert, but streams are going to come in the desert. So don't look at your circumstances and say, it's tough for me. Of course it's tough for you. You're in a dark, desert place. But it's in darkness that light's going to shine. It's in deserts that a spring of living water is going to come. And it says here, do you not perceive it? I think God wants to just open our eyes and see new things. See that actually we are to be the people of, of God who receive the Holy Spirit, that we are to be the people of God who are like water carriers. We're the people of God who are going to be those who... It's not just we come to church and have a good time. Although I pray we have a good time. It's better to have a good time than a bad time. It's not just we come to a meeting and have a happy time. Come to a meeting and praise God and worship Him and meet with our friends. Great. But that's not... The Christian life It's not just about coming to meetings... Now, the Bible does say don't forsake meeting together. It's important to be together as the community. But actually, it's in this setting we get filled and empowered for life. The Christian life is for living out there, not just living in here. And somehow we've got this mentality, we go to church rather than we are the church in life. We go to meet with God rather than we actually bring the presence of God wherever we go in life. So when you go to school or college tomorrow, kids, when you go to the office or the factory or the shop or the community hall or wherever you go tomorrow, it's like it's kind of quarter to one. On a Sunday, you're the 11.30 congregation. You're always here. Good place to be. But what happens at quarter to one on a Monday? Where will you be at quarter to one tomorrow? Because that's the place that God wants you to be fruitful. That's the place that God wants to fill you. Thank you, Anne. I've got to come into it in a minute. That's the place that God wants to fill you. Anne's just reminding me, because I forgot to say this last time uh, this morning, and that's this. I preached something, not not about this, but I preached something about young people and children encountering God. When I was in Fredericton. Now, who do you know that's in Fredericton? is in Canada, by the way. Who do you know who's in Fredericton, Canada? Who, which family do you know that used to be here that's in Fredericton, Canada? Do you know? Can you remember? Yes. Josh and Grace. Thank you very much. Well done. <laughs> Top of the class. Star pupil. <laughs> So I was preaching this and you know you know Josh, he doesn't necessarily engage with the meeting all the time and he's kind of zoning out and I'm thinking he's not really hearing it. And I preached about us being a light in a dark place and us being like carriers of the Spirit. He went home and talked to his mum and dad and said, I want to be, do what Jeremy said, tomorrow I want to go to school and I want to read to them from the Bible. In fact, the story of Jonah has made, meant so much to me. I think they'll enjoy it as a good story. I'm going to, and, and like Mark and Debbie go, oh, very secular Canada, very, uh, very uh, liberal Canada. I don't think Josh, you know, Mum, and they felt, no, you shouldn't do that. Let let's see what happens. He goes to school the next day, and we all expected the teacher, liberal, secular, to say, no, no, no. She says, of course you can read it to the class. There you go, there's a table over there. If anyone wants to go and hear Josh reading from the Bible, and all these kids flock, Josh is reading from the Bible, teaching to his friend, it's great. Now, I'm not saying you need to do that tomorrow, but what I'm saying... (laughs) I'm not saying that. Mum and Dad might be pleased to know. But what I'm saying is this, all of us, each of us, it doesn't matter how young we are or able we are or old we are or disabled we are, all of us are carriers of the Spirit. All of us are those who can receive the Holy Spirit and let the spring of living water bubble up from inside us. And I think we've just got to see ourselves differently. It's a perception thing. It's called a paradigm shift. It means you see exactly the same thing. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those psychological black and white paradigm shifts. you look it up on the internet, you can see it. You look at it first, it looks like an old hag, an old lady... And then you look at it again, and the same picture kind of morphs into this beautiful young lady. Have you ever seen those ones? It's called a paradigm shift. You look at the same thing differently. And I'll give you a great paradigm shift. There was a famous preacher called Charles Haddon Spurgeon. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of him. He was a preacher in London in a Baptist church, the Metropolitan Church. Tabernacle and the Elephant and Castle down in London. In fact, in his day, 150 years or so ago, he led the largest church in the world. At some points, he gathered up to 30,000 people with no PA. I mean, we, we can't speak to 100 people without a PA. He spoke to 30,000 people. And, uh, but also, he was a great pastor. He used to visit his parishioners sometimes. And he once visited a very old lady, a poor lady, a pauper. If you think of some of those Charles Dickens books, When there wasn't social care like we have it today, you couldn't go and get handouts from the government, there wasn't food banks like we understand it. Actually, there was very little social care. If you were poor, you didn't have a job, you had no family, you had nothing. And he visited a lady who literally had nothing. In fact, she used to be a great servant. She used to be a servant in a big house like Chatsworth House. Do you know Chatsworth House? Big house like that. She used to be the top servant in the house of a master who lived in a place like Chatsworth. Well, actually, over the years, all the master's family died off. So it was just the master left in the house. And actually, all the servants left. And it was just her. In the end, it was just this lady and this master. For years, she served him and she gave him good service. And then, unfortunately, the master got ill and died. And she was evicted from the house. And she had to go and find her own accommodation. She had to go and find this pauper's house. She lived in this dreadful squalor. But she wasn't bitter at all. In fact, she was very grateful. She said to Mr Spurgeon, but Mr Spurgeon, wasn't it wonderful that on my master's deathbed, he took the time to write me a thank you note, to write me a thank you letter. In fact, I'm so encouraged by the thank you letter he wrote to me for the years of service. I framed it and I put it on the wall here. Look at that. Isn't that wonderful? That's a lovely thank you letter from my previous employer, my master, who was so good and kind to me. And Charles Spurgeon had a look at it and he said, Have you ever read this? And she said, well, of course I haven't read it. I can't read. She couldn't read. She was a letterer. She said, it's not a thank you letter. It's a last will and testament. And the master is leaving everything in the house to you. All his riches are now yours. You've just got to claim them and take them and receive them because they're yours and that piece of paper proves it to you. She had the most amazing paradigm shift. She changed perspectives and then changed lifestyles. Dear friends, we are those who are royal princes and princesses filled with the Holy Spirit. We've got royal blood in our veins. We're the light of the world. We're those who offer offer hope where there is no hope. We're those who are filled with the power and the authority of Jesus. In fact, resurrection power lives in us. The same power that raised Jesus to life lives in us. It lives in Josh Rushworth as well in Canada and it lives in you. And we need to just view our circumstances differently. Rather than be crushed down and under the circumstances, we need to realise, no, actually, I'm the blessing of God in this situation. No, actually, I can bring life and hope. I can bring peace and goodness and kindness and mercy into this situation. That's who I am now. That's the grace of God that's in my life and in your life. And dear friends, we just need to have a paradigm shift. Because i tell you what we do, we take verses out of the Bible and we put them on a poster with a cuddly hippopotamus and we nail them to our wall and we, we, we say, isn't that wonderful? We're not living in our inheritance. We've got to live it. Now, I'm going to finish and come into an end here by saying this, to quote that scripture again from Jesus. If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Drinking, as I've said in this setting before, is not difficult. Children, this is a lesson in drinking. Do you remember the drinking lessons you had? Do you remember how mum and dad had to sit you down and teach you how to drink water? <laughs> Do you don't remember that? Of course you don't, because you did it naturally. You naturally drank. Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come to me and drink. And he spoke this about the Holy Spirit. You see, children have no trouble receiving things. Children, you're the best example for us, because you have no trouble receiving things. You don't think there's a catch. You you don't think there's going to be anything else. You just are quite happy to receive things. Let me show you what I mean. it just needs one brave one to come to start with. Who's going to come? (laughs) (laughs) How many would you like? Take as many as you want. (laughs) See? He's not... See? See? See, children are unembarrassed and unashamed. Slightly nervous sometimes. See who's going to come. Who's else is going to come? Who wants to Come on. That's it. See, what I, what I mean by here is when when God's when God start. Don't get too choosy. <laughs> you can have whichever you like. Do you want another one of those? Go on. Now you're coming. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know if you're allowed them. (laughs) See, when things are poured out, you can receive them, all right? They're yours. (coughs) Very shy family, isn't it? (laughs) Very retiring, very retiring. uh... Listen, God is pouring out his Holy Spirit. It's a gimmick. I'm being cheeky and being cheeky with the kids. Thank you. Well done. we just simply got to receive. We've just simply got to take the Spirit. Jesus said, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Drink it in. And as the Scripture has said, from your innermost being is going to bubble up a spring, a stream of living water. See, that's God's promise to us as a church. When we come into church like this, it's wonderful to worship Jesus. We love him. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. But what is the... The Jesus that we say it's all about, what does he do? The risen Lord Jesus pours out his spirit and fills and empowers his church for life and ministry. And I want to end this meeting by saying, why don't we just get into twos and threes, get into families, and why don't we just pray for each other to receive the Holy Spirit afresh? And just like these kids, they were a little tensive at first, weren't they? They were a little nervous at first. But actually, once I said yes, they were taking, he was taking handfuls of them. <laughs> Take handfuls of the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Take the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit fill you again that you might be a water carrier for life in a desert. That you might be the light of the world in a dark place. That you might be one who shines out for Jesus. That's what church is all about. That's what Christianity is all about. We're not supposed to be out of the world, we're just not supposed to be of it in terms of its values. We're sent into the world to shine for Jesus. We're sent, and this is a real time of uncertainty in our nation. It's a real time of uncertainty because of what's happened with the terrorist attacks. It's a real time of uncertainty because what's happened with the political situation in the last week, there's more anxiety and fear and nervousness that's happening in the world right now than ever I've known. We're the light of the world. We're water carriers. We're peacemakers. We're those who dispense, not chocolates, but the grace of God to our friends and to our neighbours. And that's who, dear friends, we are, a city church. We're here for the city. We're here for our strength. So why don't we end this meeting? I'm not going to say any more. In fact, I'm not even going to pray over you. I'm actually going to ask you to pray together in twos and threes. If you're a guest, please be prayed for. You don't have to be prayed for. If you're a visitor, we'd love to pray for you. Hopefully you're sitting next to someone who's already introduced themselves to you. Just look along your row. Is there a visitor there? Is there a guest amongst us? Let's be really uh, honouring of our friends who've come to be with us today. And let's pray for one another. Children, get mum and dad to pray with you. Children, pray for mum and dad. Pray for each other that we might be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's just do this. Let's stand. Let's get in twos and threes and do it.